Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, hello, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach, here with another great interview. I'm excited to talk to Ed Lyon. Let me introduce Ed, and we'll bring him right on. Ed is not your average tax professional. He is a fan of Diet Coke, although we just talked about that. Pixar movies, and he's been dubbed the funniest tax guy in America by Roseanne Barr. While most tax professionals do a great job of recording history for their clients, Ed looks into the future, advising his clients on ideas that they can use to save them money. He's also the author of The New Tax Law, How to Make It Work for You and Your Business. The book helps business owners discover what the new tax law gives them and what it takes away, which that's always going to be the case with the government, <laughs> what pitfalls to avoid and specific strategies for taking advantage of the most important changes. It's a blueprint on how to use the new tax code to keep more of the money you have earned. That is a goal of everybody on this program. Ed is the founder and chief strategist of Tax Coach Software, a financial gravity company. He's appeared on over 500 television and radio broadcasts, including CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, Fox News, and even Roseanne Barr's short-lived talk show. It must have been short-lived. I think I missed that one. Yeah, but, it wasn't around very long, but it was glorious while it lasted. Yeah, well, welcome to the program, Ed. It's great to be here. It really and, is. And when you and I, so I've been doing my podcast for six years, and I know that while I've interviewed a number of um, CPAs and tax professionals, including our mutual friend Diane Gardner, I, I, first thing I said to you is, how come I'm interviewing you during tax season? And you said, I don't do taxes. I don't do taxes. I work with accountants to use proactive tax planning to help them build their business. And that really that really comes down to the point that that you read in, in my intro. You know, most accountants do a perfectly good job putting the right numbers in the right boxes on the right forms and getting them filed by the right deadline. But then they call it a day. And it's important to know what the numbers say. But it really is just recording history. The typical accountant can tell you how much you owe. But they don't do as good a job telling you how to pay less. Now, it's important to know how much we owe. The IRS wants to know. The state and local governments want to know. If you want to get a mortgage on your house, the bank wants to know. And if you're going to get divorced, your ex-spouse wants to know. That's important stuff. But what we really want to know is how to pay less. And I'm in the how to pay less business, not in the record history business. You know, it's interesting. So I've been working with entrepreneurs as a coach for nine years now. And most including myself, by the way, are so revenue-driven. We focus on the top part of the P&L statement, drive more, drive more, drive more. And meanwhile, you know, working with, a, with some good tax, tax professionals, you can actually give yourself a raise without going and getting a new client simply by knowing what some of the tax laws are. Absolutely, absolutely. The other business I'm in is the free money from the government business. And it's really, you know what? Some of your clients, some of your uh, your, your coaching people, they're, they're in tough businesses. 
where they're selling something that not everybody wants. Everybody wants what I'm selling. Tell us about that, Ed. Let's go. Let's go on that theme right there. So you're you're absolutely right that most business owners focus on the top line, and the the goals are you know sell more, and and when you have sales goals, that's gross revenue. But it's really it's what you keep that counts, and you can you know there there are two ways you can make money, two ways a business owner can make money. There's financial offense, which is making more, and there's financial defense, which is spending less. Now, financial offense is the key. You cannot save your way to riches. You can only earn your way to riches, but all the expenses as a business owner that, that, that add up, it's, it's like, it's like uh, you know, resistance, a boat making its way through water encounters resistance from the water. Well, for most business owners, for most successful business owners, taxes are the biggest single expense. So, yeah, you can you can save 15% on your car insurance by switching to Geico, but what's that really going to do for you in the long run? If you sit down and, and you look at your big expenses and you look at ways that you can legally pay less by restructuring your business or creating new benefit plans or taking advantage of one-time strategies when you sell your business or sell a building that you own for your business, uh, when you can take advantage of little-known strategies that most accountants simply aren't presenting to their clients, that's where you really make a difference. What? What typically when you when you work with um, CPAs and accountants and what what typically are their I got asked this in a good way not what their shortfalls are but how do you help them kind of take the blinders off so to speak instead of boom 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 right down the the you know the debits and the credits what are the ways that you help your clients save their clients more money like what are some of the most often missed tax um, okay. The, 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 the biggest mistake that most business owners make when it comes to taxes is picking a business entity when they set up their company and forgetting it. And business entities change over time. Businesses grow as income as income grows. The the way you earn your your income, whether it's through a a, a partnership or an S corporation or a C corporation, the the right entity mix changes over time. But the problem is most business owners they sit down and they say, "I've got a great idea. I'm going to change the world. Here's my business." They go to the local lawyer or LegalZoom.com because they Googled and they said, I should be in, a, you know, somebody on, on the Internet said, be an LLC. And they say, I'm going to be, a, be, be an LLC, and here's what I, and they, they never change. And most accountants, they're going to use the same tax software year after year to prepare your tax returns. It's real easy in 2018 to press a button and import all of the numbers from 2017. Well, you're not just importing all of the numbers, you're also importing all of the assumptions that underlie those numbers. And so when you import last year's assumptions, same business entity, same retirement plan, same health care plan, then you miss opportunities 
because businesses change. You've been helping, you've been doing the podcast for six years. You've been helping business owners for nine years. You are probably in a very different place financially than you were nine years ago when you started helping business owners. Uh, good and, thing, because diesel fuel is pretty expensive. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, you're you're on the, you're on the boat right now, and you probably weren't nine years ago, right? Yes. So has your business entity changed? Uh, no, I've been an S corp for a long time. Okay, and an S corp is probably the best way. I you know we the S corporation is typically the best vehicle for earning substantial income, but it might be that. A C corporation, particularly under the new rules of 2017, would be an appropriate part of your business mix. Hmm. Very interesting. You know, when it, when everybody starts, and myself included, we all of a sudden we get a we get our free business cards from VistaPrint, and now we go to a chamber of commerce networking, and we're suddenly in business. And it seems for most people, Ed, that sole proprietor is the way to go. Because I'm not going to go incorporate. I'm not going to do this or that, or even be an LLC until I see if I can make some money. And I like what you said there. They set it and forget it. Next thing you know, two three years down the road, they're they're generating six figures or more, and they're still a, a sole proprietor, which is probably the worst way to go. Right. They're still paying employment tax on all six figures of income when they simply don't have to do that. And that simple change, moving from a sole proprietor to an S corporation, I've seen that change. I, I've seen that save businesses as much as $100,000 in tax in a single year. Wow. Yeah. That just woke some people up. That that woke some people up. Yeah. I had a client who was a... Um, he was a, a specialty mortgage financing broker dealer on Wall Street, making four million dollars a year taxed as a sole proprietor, and said, "No, I don't want to set up an S corporation because all my licenses with Finra and, and all that kind of stuff are set up with my entity." He didn't even need to set up a new entity. He needed to file a two-page form with the IRS to elect S corporation status. He wasn't paying Social Security; he was paying the Medicare portion, but he was paying a hundred thousand dollars a year in Medicare tax. That he simply didn't have to pay. Oh, holy smokes! Yeah, I it 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 almost makes you cry when you see people make those sorts of mistakes. And and for me, it's really not uncommon to see business owners paying ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars a year more tax than they than they have to pay. And in many cases, uh, you know, we we our tax coach members have saved clients up to. I think that the biggest story I'm aware of was uh, uh, was six million dollars in taxes in a single year. We have other members who have helped with business sales. You know, I've, I, one of the goals of, of starting a business, I think, for a lot of us, is to someday sell the business. Uh, that's that's what they call a liquidity event. And the bad news is, if you're going to have a liquidity event, usually the IRS is going to show up at your liquidity event, and they'll, you know, they'll wear they'll wear their nice black tie and uh, you know all that kind of. <laughs> they'll 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 be well dressed for it. But you you can sell the business without inviting the IRS to the liquidity event. You just got to know how to do it. Yeah, and that's and something... most most accountants who are who are stuck in record history mode. They, it's just not the way they think. It's not the way they think. Most accountants, and, and we're familiar with, you know, uh, Gerb, Jim Gerber and the E-Myth and working on your business versus working in your business. The accountant, the typical accountant mindset is not really entrepreneurial. It is more technician. 
Very true. What are, what are some of the funniest and or tax deductions you've seen people try and take, or, or what are your personal favorites that they're not well, taking? My my personal favorite tax deduction of all time is voodoo animal sacrifice. What? Okay, you gotta go. So, I shouldn't ask the next question yet. Go ahead and explain. Oh that. no, you, you gotta ask the question. Okay, so the tax court has ruled that Christian Science practitioner fees and Navajo Indian medicine man rituals are deductible medical expenses. So under the same logic, your voodoo animal sacrifice is a deductible medical expense as long as it's part of a religious ceremony for healing purposes. And hey, do you want to tell the voodoo queen she can't deduct her chickens? Oh my lord! No, you don't. That's just crazy. I don't even know if that's true, but I think you're a good guy. That's it's, funny as hell. It is absolutely true. Now I've never actually had a client deduct it, and if I had a client deduct it, I'm not sure that they'd be a client for much longer. Right. But it it illustrates the creativity that you can find in the tax law. See, people think that taxes are about numbers. And they think the taxes are just about recording history. They're not. Tax, tax, tax law. It's it's about, it's about the law. It's about interpretation. So Code Section One Sixty Two says that a business can deduct ordinary and necessary business expenses. Now, ordinary and necessary. That's uh, you know a lot of tax lawyers have billed a lot of hours arguing over the meaning of ordinary and necessary. And for successful business owners, that's a lot of money at stake. I mean, that's why tax lawyers drive Jaguars. Wow. My, um, my CPA has an expression, you can be a little piggish, but don't be a hog because they like to slaughter hogs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what they say on Wall Street. Bears make money. Bulls make money. Hogs get slaughtered. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You have to be reasonable. And, and, and the key is the key is, is not here. Here's the thing about being piggish or hoggish. A lot of people think that the way to save money on taxes is by being aggressive. And I, I would argue that the way to save money on taxes is being proactive. So you don't have to take chances pushing deductions that you're not sure would fly if you're being proactive. And a strategy move, like converting a proprietorship to an S-corporation, that can easily save $10,000 in a year. How many meal receipts would you have to fake to come up with ten thousand dollars in in business meals that you didn't have, you know, it's 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 just ridiculous. The the legal, moral, ethical strategies can save you so much more money than being aggressive or taking fringe deductions. You don't need to cheat on your taxes when there's so many opportunities to to uh, to save legally. So let me let me give you a way of thinking about the tax code. Okay. Because a lot of people don't understand how the tax code works in the first place. You've heard, you've heard the uh, infinite monkey theorem. If you take an infinite number of monkeys and give them an infinite number of typewriters, that eventually one of them is going to bang out the complete works of William Shakespeare. Okay. They're not banging out Shakespeare. They're banging out the tax code. Wow. So, but, but here's the thing. So the tax code, I want you to think of the tax code as a series of red lights and green lights. So section one of the tax code says a tax is hereby imposed on joint filers doing a return with their spouses and here are the tax brackets. 
So Section 1A, here's the tax, here are the tax rates for, for married couples filing jointly. That's a red light. you got to stop and pay tax. Section 1411 imposes the net investment income tax. Section 1432 imposes the self-employment tax on proprietorships that we talked about. Those are all red lights. you got to stop and pay taxes. But very quickly, the tax code starts to get into green lights. So Section 162 says you can take a deduction for ordinary and necessary business expenses. Section 105B says if you set up a medical expense reimbursement plan for your business, that's tax-free. Section 170 says you can deduct charitable gifts within certain limits. Section 179 says if you buy equipment from your business and it qualifies under certain rules, you can take a deduction instead of expensing it. So you've got your red lights and your green lights. Here's the thing about most accountants. Most accountants focus on the red lights. And that is important because blowing through the red lights is how you get in trouble. But very few accountants are going to sit down and help you find the green lights that let you pay less tax. So red lights and green lights, and I'm going to throw one more twist into the mix. You probably know that in 50 states, it is legal to turn right on red. Ooh. <laughs> a lot of accountants don't feel comfortable turning right on red. But there are a lot of situations in the tax code. So for business owners, let's say you've got a business owner who's making a good income, two or $300,000 a year, and they decide, I want to put $30,000 in my Roth IRA. Well, you can't put $30,000 in a Roth IRA. The most you can put in a Roth IRA is $5,500 a year. But you can put $30,000 in a SEP, a simplified employee pension, and immediately convert the SEP to a Roth. That's a right turn on red. Oh. And yet most accountants aren't thinking that way. Again, it comes back to, to what we said a little earlier about uh, accountants tend to be technicians rather than entrepreneurs. Right. And, and what you really want in an accountant is somebody who says, I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be a CPA, not I'm a CPA who happens to run her own practice. Mm. That's That's so interesting. You know, I wonder why that is. I mean, I, 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 CPAs, bookkeepers, they're no different than anybody else. We all have a human nature. We kind of go a certain way. And what you just said makes so much sense. Like if you were to ask, if you were to ask uh, three three bookkeepers or accountants, you know, about what you just said about. Um, yeah, can you put thirty thousand in a Roth IRA? They're going to say no. You can't do that. They're going to focus on the red light. Yes. And then somebody, and one of them, hopefully, will tell you the other way to do it, and, and that makes them more valuable for sure. Absolutely, it makes them more valuable, and, and uh, I will, uh, uh, I'll, uh, I'll confess that I'm not an accountant myself. I'm an attorney by training, and I think we are just trained to be a little more aggressive and a little more proactive in that manner. What are you know so? Ed, most of the people listening to this show are, are um, somewhere in the six figures to mid six figure range, small business mm -hmm. owners. What's what are some of the biggest mistakes you think they're making besides doing their own taxes? <laughs> what are some of the biggest mistakes business owners makes when it comes to their taxes? Well, the, the biggest mistake they make is treating taxes as a once-a-year exercise on April 15th, a once-a-year exercise in recording history. By April 15th, it really is too late to do much about your taxes. 
The real deadline is December 31st of the year before if you want to set up a medical expense reimbursement plan or most retirement plans. If you want to set up a closely held insurance company for your business, if you want to do a lot of planning moves, you have to do them before the end of the year. So a lot of accountants will sit down and they'll do a year-end projection for their clients. This is what they call planning. Right. You sit. You take your you take your books and records to your accountant in the middle of November, and you do a pro forma, and you say, okay, you last year when you did my taxes, you gave me these four coupons to send in my quarterly estimates, and this year I've done 120,000 more in revenue, and I've done 80,000 more in expenses than I thought, so my profit's going to be 40,000 higher, and the accountant redoes the numbers based on the new information and says on January 15th either you should send in an extra 10,000 or you can send in 10,000 less and that's again that's important because you're avoiding an ugly surprise on April 15th but that's not really planning the accountant is saying here's how much you're going to owe the accountant is not saying here's how to pay less mm. yeah a lot, lot easier. You know, a lot easier to sell something that people want than it is to sell something people need. I wonder why people, and I, I'm guessing just the entrepreneurial mindset. Typically, uh, if they're just pedaling so fast, and they have so mm -hmm. many fires to put out every day. Even for someone who comes you know, like yourself or somebody else, look, I can save you. You know, it's it's almost seems like a bridge too far. You know what I mean? I'm, they, Absolutely. And, and and like you say, they're they're not running toward they're running away from pain, really. Well, and and that's you know, with with my tax coach network of accountants across the country, we focus on pain. A tax planning prospect is somebody who is in pain over the amount of taxes they're paying. So a startup business. A startup business may have a wonderful future ahead of them, but if they're not paying taxes now, they're not likely to be in pain over those taxes. And that's part of the reason that business owners pick a pick a, a business entity, they set it, and they forget it. Because it's like boiling the frog over time. The pain gradually builds up. By the time they're in enough pain to do something about it, they realize, oh, shoot, I should have made this change five years ago. I should have made this change eight or ten years ago, but I wasn't in enough pain to do it then. That's why the proactive planning is so important. And sitting down with the accountant, not on April 15th, 2018 to look at 2017 numbers. Right. But sitting down on April 15th or a more convenient time when the accountant's not supervising production of tax returns to look at the 2018 numbers. And yet during this time of year, during the first few months of the year during the tax busy season, a lot of accounting offices are focused on getting returns done. But the real action is looking forward. So a lot of accountants come April 18th, once filing season is over, are going to be focusing on this new tax law that passed last year, sitting down with their business owner clients and saying, here's how we can make the most of the new tax law. Here are some potential breaks for you. Here are some opportunities. 
the qualified business income rules are very technical, very detailed, but there's some opportunity there. The C corporation rules now that there's a flat 21% tax on C corporations. So Jim, your business income may put you in the 35 or the 37% individual tax rate, but with a C corporation, you can stop the taxes at 21% and then do something with the after-tax 79%. You're going to have more money to do it with than if you take the money through your personal S-corporation and pay your complete individual tax rate. So there are opportunities to do this sort of stuff, new opportunities. That's awesome. I want to ask you, we're starting to run low here on time, Ed. I want to ask you about your book, The New Tax Law. I know it just came out this year, obviously, because we're talking about the new tax law. Absolutely. Who would you write the book for? I wrote, I wrote the book primarily for business owners who want to understand the role that the new tax law is going to play in their taxes. So there are a lot of things that the new tax law does that you really don't need to plan for. Lower tax rates, for example. The top rate went from 39.6% down to 37%. You don't need to do a whole lot of planning for that. But the new 21% flat corporate tax rate. There's some planning that you need to do. The qualified business income tax rules, there's some planning that you need to do to create some opportunities. And what this book does is it identifies where you where where you can skate by without doing any planning and where you need to sit down and, and really take a look at your own business situation and do some planning. Very cool. Um, and it's available now on Amazon, I saw? It's available now like anything else that you want to buy in this world on Amazon. <laughs> I don't know that there's anything you can't buy on Amazon. Is it uh, paperback and Kindle? I don't think I checked that. Uh, right now it is just paperback. I don't know if there's a Kindle edition yet. Okay. Um, well, just from uh, one coach to another, you definitely want a Kindle. You know what the other thing? I don't know if, if you've uh, had other books, but you want uh, audio books as well. Um, I started to, I've written seven books and the last two I also offered audio and it astounds yeah. me how many people take that option. <laughs> but, uh, really? Well, I, I will have to do that then. I, I just, I took a week off of work or a week away from the office last week to write a new book for uh, financial professionals, accountants, and financial advisors on how to sell tax savings. And I think that one will end up being an audio book. It's a little painful. Make sure you have a lot of tea and honey. You got to read the whole darn thing. But, <laughs> but you know, I've I've stopped listening to the radio on the way into work and started listening to podcasts. I figure I'll try and improve my brain instead of listening to the latest bickering between the Republicans and the Democrats on Capitol Hill. Yeah, I pulled I pulled that cord a long time ago, and I can't even tell you what a change that's made in my life. Not that I don't know what's going on, but literally, I mean, just to unplug and oh. It, yep. It's an amazing change. Hey, before I let you go, um, how did an attorney get, get so knowledgeable about tax law? Oh, attorneys are very knowledgeable about tax law. My competitive advantage as an attorney was that I focused on planning rather than recording history. And what I found in the tax marketplace was that having that, at, having that proactive attitude gave me a real advantage because, as I said, several times, what people really want to know is how to pay less, not just how how much to pay. So there's there's plenty of room for that sort of proactive planning attitude. Business owners are planning all the time. And as a coach, you know this because part of what you do with your with your business owners, you know, I, I coach accountants and, and some of it is being a therapist and some of it is being a marketing planner and some of it is being a, a technical resource. But the but my goal when I sit down with an accountant 
And your goal, I assume, with any business owner is, is you want to you take a snapshot of where you are. You want to get a picture of where the coaching client wants to go. And then you want to create a plan to get them from where they are to where they want to be. And in my case, the plan is with as little interference from the IRS as possible. Most definitely. That's still, I don't know, I'll be 60 this year. I still get, well, we changed our uh, address, and I every time I see the IRS on an envelope, it still rattles me. Mm-hmm. Open up, it's just acknowledging, you know, hey, you changed your address, good, okay. Yeah, what a what a big, bad boogeyman. Anyway, this has been a real they fun. They like it that way. They sure do. Ed, this has been a real fun interview. I'm really appreciative of you coming on. Terrific. I've had a blast. How can people learn more about you, connect with you, and all that good stuff? Uh, they, they can find out what we do at uh, financialgravity.com, financialgravity.com. That's our parent corporation, and they can learn how to find a proactive tax planner there as well. Awesome. Ed, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed it myself. Thank hey, you. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Ed Lyon. And, uh, hey, if you haven't connected with me yet, be sure to go to my free Facebook group, Build Your Dream Business Now. We're just almost, probably by the time you hear this, we'll be over 400 small business owners. That's Build Your Dream Business Now or use the handy link, dreambizgroup.com, dreambizgroup.com. Until next week, another great interview. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.